0: You're listening to NFL Draft coverage on BGN. The Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. It is draft week baby. What's better than this? I am your host Michael Kist, follow by work on bleedinggreennation.com. This all of course is powered by SB Nation. It's episode 2 of the BGN Draft Specials as we ramp up towards the NFL Draft starting on Thursday. And we got a great one for you today. Brandon Thorne joins me today to talk offensive tackles in this 2019 NFL Draft class. Thorne is a fellow Scouting Academy alum, host of the Trench Warfare podcast. He writes for USA Football, and he was involved with the OL Mastermind Summit run by Duke Maniweather, which was attended by some of the best linemen in the league like Lane Johnson, Teron Armstead, and so on. So again, this guy's been around it. Thorne knows his stuff. We got some more great guests coming your way to break down this class in this frantic push. Earlier today, I had a great chat with Owen Reese about the top interior offensive line prospects. I hope you enjoy these shows. I know I enjoyed having these conversations. Let's go to my talk with Brandon Thorne to talk about the top offensive tackles in this 2019 NFL draft class. Brandon. How you doing, brother? Been a long time since we last spoke. I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm really uh, happy and
1: honored you wanted to bring me on, man. This is this is awesome. Love talking to O-line.
0: Absolutely, man. And I was really thrilled when you posted your offensive tackle rankings as you worked through this class because we both had the same rankings, which was awesome for me because I, I really appreciate the insight that you have, your detailed scouting reports and everything that you put out there. Obviously, you know, you guys are you're around guys like Duke Manny, whether you were just at the what was it, that the O-line Mastermind Summit, if I'm not mistaken mistaken.
1: mistaken yeah that was summer and then fortunately got to go to the combine as well which I was we could talk about that a little bit but yeah I got to mingle with some O-linemen coaches and stuff like that, which was also really cool. So both those things were, were awesome for me.
0: And Lane Johnson was there, right? Because, you know, we're, we're on Bleeding yeah. Green Nation, so this is an Eagles-centered thing. But Lane Johnson was there. I know Duke trains with him. How was he there?
1: Oh, man, he was awesome. He was one of the guys, <laughs> one of the players I got to talk to most, him and Mitchell Schwartz. And uh, they kind of hung out. It was him, Mitchell, and Teron Armstead were kind of, you know, they were doing drills together and brainstorming together and talking about different opponents and but lane was he's so laid back man he's you know country guy and he's just he's cool man easy to talk to and just a really nice guy
0: that's awesome man so tell people where they can find your work where they can find you what you're up to these days
1: yeah so you can find me primarily on twitter at brandon thorne nfl and i do a little bit of work for usa football i work for the scouting academy and i host the trench warfare podcast and there's going to be another entity coming down the pike here soon that I'm excited about, but it's not official yet. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, make sure you're following Brandon on Twitter if you like your offensive line talk. And let's get into his offensive tackles here, which is why I brought you here today. Both of our top-ranked offensive tackle Jonah Williams from Alabama. Brandon, you said about him that he is the most well-rounded and polished lineman in the draft. And I've said this before, but he's just been so good for so long. I feel like he's getting some like old hat treatment and he's become really underappreciated. What are your thoughts on Jonah?
1: Yeah, I think that's well said. I mean, you look at his career and his overall profile and it's everything you want to see. It's so impressive from... His experience level, having 44 career starts, starting as a true freshman at right tackle and then the last couple years at left tackle, so he has experience on both sides. The scheme that they ran, really diverse run scheme. He was on an island quite a bit as a pass protector, executed every block you could want to see. That's a benefit of uh, Alabama offensive lineman, of course. He, he really did everything that you want to see from that production experience standpoint and then level of competition as well. Playing in the SEC over the last three years, he saw a lot of good players, a lot of NFL players. So with that kind of as the backdrop, and then you turn on the film and you actually break down the way he plays the game. Like I said, he's extremely polished, man. I mean, from a technique standpoint, the fundamentals of the position, playing with proper leverage, very rarely ever caught off balance. And he's extremely football intelligent. So or, oh. he has really high FBI, as I like to say. And and all of that kind of culminates to me in in elite play speed, even though I, I'd call him probably a good athlete. I think he's an elite m- mental processor. Oh. I think his play speed is just outstanding. The way he executes, the speed at which he executes his assignments is phenomenal. You know, I, I don't know. There's just there's not a lot of weaknesses there. I did mention some in the, in the report that I do think are somewhat concerning, but for me, they're not really physically concerning as much as it is just shoring up his technique even more. I don't really think length is an issue. 33 and 5 eighths, that's good to me. I think the 33 mark is the new 34 mark, to be honest, you yeah. know, as sort of being <laughs> that benchmark for offensive tackles, because there's, there's a dozen or more really good left tackles right now that are on sub 34. I don't really care about that much, and you go to the Clemson game, the national championship game, and... It, yeah. it, you know he had three or four reps in that game where very uncharacteristic he did try some new things in that game that I know of some new techniques that one snatch play where he immediately tried to snap <laughs> snatch Farrell off the snap and he pretty much got blown up yeah that was kind of a fluky play I mean he he you know that it wasn't a strong game for him overall I don't think but in the context of 44 starts it's not super concerning <laughs> to me so. Yeah, man, I think he has an extremely high floor with enough upside to be in Pro Bowl consideration very quickly, and I think he could play all five positions. So there's a lot to like.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting the the way that you frame that discussion around Cleveland Farrell, who has himself some very very polished hands. So that yeah. was a real fun battle. Overall, I, like you said, you you take in everything. You, you know, the bad games with the you know, so many different good games that he has. It's hard to just sit on that game against Farrell. I know maybe Montez Sweat gave him some issues with his length. I mean, there were times where he got into his chest. But Jonah is so flexible that he's able to absorb that and then re-anchor. And it's really special just the small things that he does.
1: Yeah, definitely. The nuance, that's why I think I like him so much. And I've liked him for years. I thought he would have been the best offensive tackle in last year's class. And I think he is in this year's class as well. I think he's probably an NFL player after his freshman year, maybe. I mean, I don't know. So I, I've, I've liked him for a while. Um, and it is because he does such, those little things so well. You mentioned anchoring. I thought that was one of his best traits. I, I thought it was very good overall. And what made it so impressive is not a lot of offensive tackles are taking traditional vertical sets like Jonah Williams does. It's very. I think that's kind of where the Joe Thomas mentioning comes in because they look similar in the way their stances are similar, and then the way that they vertical set and how precise they are in their hands and how smooth they are in transitioning to their anchor is very impressive. And it's, it's even more impressive when you have a guy vertical setting like that who can anchor because the margin for error is so small because if you're vertical setting, obviously, your landmarks are closer to the quarterback as opposed to if you're setting at 45. So... You have to be able to have a strong anchor if you're going to vertical set like that. And he does. So, yeah, the the vertical setting, the way he transitions, um, you mentioned flexibility, mobility. um, You see that in his ankles and uh, knees and hips. Uh, I mean, the way that he not only flexes at the hips, but the way he extends at the hips. And you know, has those tight elbows, those hands inside yeah. the frame, and keeps guys off his chest. That's like picture perfect stuff. So yeah, it's uh it's really impressive what he does in pass protection. And honestly, when I started watching him officially, because this report that I just put out, I've had done for about a month, but you know, after everything that happened with me, I had to p- hit pause and I just kind of short it up. But when I first started really studying his tape and getting into it, I was a little surprised at how good of a run blocker he is too. I yeah. he he does everything that you want to see. Pulls to both sides. Probably the most impressive thing I always like to watch when I watch offensive linemen how they are in the backside of runs because I think that's so important. And we see so many runs in the NFL that you know wind up if a running back is bending it back. You know how the backside blocks is critical. So he he finishes all of his blocks. He you know he'll, he'll put guys on the ground but i think he, he more than anything he's just he's finishing every single block to the whistle and you see a lot of runs break off his backside because of how good he is at sustaining yeah that stuff you don't see a lot with college guys usually they're kind of raw especially backside at outside zone mm-hmm. um getting his head hips and hands across the defender you know he could do that with three techniques i mean that that type of stuff to me shows me that this guy is really meticulous in his, his preparation, well-coached. So yeah, I, I think yeah, a lot of the little things that you want to see, he does really, really well.
0: Yeah, love the attention to detail. So the verdict on Jonah Williams is... He's a doggone good football player. Let's go to our offensive tackle number two. That is Jawan Taylor from Florida. Brandon, you said that he's more of a difficult projection if you were to move him to left tackle. Obviously, he started on the right, but had some time on the left, if I'm not mistaken, in 2017. Overall, you say, though, he just has a natural feel for playing right tackle. What do you like about Taylor, and how do you project him to the NFL?
1: I think you have to start with him physically and just the way that he looks on the football field and how well he moves. I think those two things really jump out immediately to me. He has a really um, overwhelming physical presence, as I said in the report. He can really maul defenders. His length is outstanding. Obviously, he's 35 five, three twelve. 6'5", 312, so great size, great frame, good build. He can add some weight. I mean, he was 380 at one point, so obviously, we don't want him you know, anywhere near <laughs> that, but he certainly has... Room, If need be, if a team, you know, he goes to a really heavy gap scheme, he can add a little bit, but I think he has plenty of size um, right now. Not only is it the size and the athleticism, but I thought he played with really good pad level, yeah. incredibly strong, powerful, and his pass sets really cleaned up from 17 to 18, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I watched him at left tackle against FSU in 2017, and I thought Burns ate him up. He didn't really look that good at left tackle, in my opinion. He looked uncomfortable, and this year at right tackle, that's why I put that natural feel term in there because it just was like night and day to me. I thought he just he's a right tackle, in my opinion. Like you don't even try to move him to left. He's just he's a right guy, and that's fine. He's really smooth and comfortable in pass protection, in my opinion. Overall, really good anchor. Uh, the thing that's most concerning to me is his hand placement. Mm. I'm not too concerned usually with guys when they have low hand carriage, if their hands land properly in the right place right. at the right time. But I think it kind of lends itself with him to being a little late and he's oftentimes too wide, kind of grabby, especially if, cause he has also has a tendency a little bit to overset guys. And instead of really power stepping inside to cut the guy off with his feet, he tries to grab him with his hands. That's a little bit concerning. You saw that against Josh Allen. And then in the run game, his hand placement, I mean, too often times he's outside the shoulder pads. You know, most of the time it doesn't matter because once he gets there, he's just he's in total control. He has really good grip strength. But I think at the NFL level, that could lend itself to maybe too many holding penalties. So I'd like to see him shore up his initial placement. But even if he doesn't do that as much working on resetting his hands quicker inside the frame because there's I think of like David Bakhtiari with his hands a lot of the times for a split second he's a little too outside initially but he he reworks and re-leverages his hands inside so quickly Mm. that he gets away with it every time pretty much (laughs) so you know not not saying that's easy to do but yeah. Um if he can just improve his initial hand placement, I think that will really allow him to fulfill his potential. That's that's really my biggest concern with him.
0: And I like him in the run game as well. He's a bit of a mauler. So I can I can get behind him in a gap scheme for sure.
1: Oh man, he could generate easy movement at the point yeah. of attack, uh on you know, vertical vertical displacement runs, you know, inside zone power. Um, you know, a lot of the common things in NFL teams run outside zone, I yeah. think not very technically sound yet. Uh, he definitely has all the tools, athleticism, things like that to to grow into that. But that's why I mentioned I'd ideally want him in a scheme where they're over 50% running that gap inside zone um, and, you know, just kind of mixing in outside zone stuff. But yeah, he's he's pretty smooth in space too. He, he's This is a good tackle class and it's kind of difficult to differentiate Jonah's clear number one to me but right Juwan to me is the clear number two as well just because of his ceiling is crazy high it's probably the highest in in the class honestly but uh he he has further to get there than um than than I think he would like so that's why I have him at number two
0: yeah and my stack is crazy tight like in my top 10 it goes six seven eight and it's boom 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 Jonah Williams yeah. and then there's like a little bit of a separation Juwan Taylor and Cody Ford are practically hugging on the board. Let's talk about Cody Ford. He's one of my favorites, ROT3. Started on the right for Oklahoma with 14 starts. He's not a perfect player, as you pointed out in his eval. And in your opinion, his best fit may be on the inside. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean... You know, and I totally understand this and every prospect is his unique case because generally, you know, if a guy can play tackle, put him there, let him prove that he can't, then move him inside. I get that. Right. I'm totally for that with Cody Ford, like that I wouldn't have a problem. But to me, it really jumps out that he would be better immediately and long term, in my opinion. It, not that he would add more value, obviously, inside, but just him as an individual player, I think he would be better Quicker and longer term inside because of what he presents on film. And you start with his size. I mean, 6036. So basically 6'4, 330. I mean, that's a that's an offensive guard like dream frame. His build is incredible. He carries his weight very well. Yeah. So that right there, you know, screams guard to me. His length is perfectly fine for tackle, 34 inches. So just from a physical you know, framework standpoint, he could do either, but I like him more inside physically, just the way he plays the game, man. I mean, his, his upper body strength is elite. He can toss guys around. He's powerful. And of course, I think we would agree his competitive toughness, man. I mean, (laughs) best in the class, you know, I think he's, he's a, he's an absolute bully out there, which, Maybe my the most fun tape that i watched so far, you know, just because the way he just tosses and ragdolls guys around.
0: Him and him and Samia next to each yeah. other. And then you got Ben <laughs> Powers pulling everywhere. You're like, these guys are just out for blood, man. It's so much fun.
1: Oh, dude. Like, they were incredible this year. Great that they won the Joe Moore Award because, yeah. holy crap, they just dominated. And Cody Ford has plenty of athleticism to play tackle, but I it makes him even more intriguing inside with that athleticism because... You can get him. He I mean, he's a really good puller. Yeah. That jumps out to me inside. So for all those reasons, I liked him a little more inside. But as I said, either way, you know, the the two-point stance thing, he's like a 99% time in the two-point stance and he's very high in his stance, generally kind of high. He, he just plays the game with high pad level. It, and like I said, it doesn't really matter because he's, a, he's bigger and stronger than everybody. But at the NFL, that's just something that I'm going to monitor, you know, that... I think he needs to correct a little bit. And what was encouraging in the tapes that I watched, I only saw him getting a three-point stands one time. It was one rep against uh, Texas Tech, and he looked really good. I mean, it looked like, you know, that even though I play all the time in the two-point, the three-point's no problem. So that was Hmm. kind of encouraging to me because I'm – you know, if he's playing inside, obviously, he's going to be in a three-point. So, you know, that was encouraging. The thing that's uh, also concerning level of comp, you know, I think that is yeah so critical in the evaluation process for offensive linemen. And I think the reason why the NFL loves guys from the SEC, Notre Dame, Iowa, Wisconsin, well-coached, and not that all those teams have SEC level of competition, but being well-coached and having that competition level be high is is really important, I think, at least for the initial year or two of a guy's career for more of like an instant impact but not that that's you know I think Cody Ford has the size strength toughness athletic ability to overcome that but it's still especially a tackle you know he's going to be seeing significantly better competition yeah that's part of the reason and then he's inexperienced in general I mean 21 starts isn't what you want to see for an offensive lineman you like to see 30 plus 35 plus starts so A little bit of concern there, but, you know, that's kind of why I have him at that number three spot and like him more in guard just in general.
0: I have some of the same concerns with Andre Dillard from Washington State, because number one, the level of competition, and then, you know, the the Mike Leach scheme, the Washington State Mm -hmm. scheme really is hard for me to kind of pick up on what he's able to do. He's so much of a projection for me. I mean, I I think I remember the the best competition that I watched him against was Oregon. And granted, he erased Justin Hollins and Jalen Jelks from that game completely. So that was encouraging to see. But overall, I still do think he's a projection, although I think he's a fantastic mover watching him go through the on field drills at the combine. He he looks so smooth. So I think they can he can handle more. And I like the development I saw in his hands to start doing different things. And you know he would shoot the hand and then bring it back to make the defender put theirs out and then he would you know he would be able to counter from there. But I I like him as a prospect, but I'm concerned that there are so many holes in my evaluation just from what I was able to glean from his tape.
1: Dillard is is really interesting and um, that's why I have him below these guys but I still get gave like a late first early second i think ideally you get him in the 25 to 40 range i could see him being having a probably the most value like first pick of the second round type guy you know maybe in that first 10 picks that would be great even though i highly doubt that's going to happen <laughs> yeah. get pushed up because of what he is you know athletically but um he has 18 more starts than cody ford which i like but you mentioned the scheme And the level of comp, those are definite concerns. Um, He's also two years older than all those three guys we mentioned. A little bit of a concern there. Shortest arms of the three guys we mentioned, a little bit of a concern there. Not big things, but, you know, they, they add up a little bit. The scheme that you mentioned, the narrow splits, He's going to have to yeah. adjust to narrow splits because he's in such wide splits right now. That does make things easier because the defensive ends are spread out. They have a further path to the quarterback. He gets his hands on guys quicker that way. He didn't see a lot of wide nine pass rush alignments because everybody's in a three man front versus Washington's four wide receiver scheme. Yeah, He did see some outside rushes, but primarily guys, you know, it's like five techniques that are rushing against him. Um, you know, maybe a little wider than that. So Those things, that's what pushed him down, Um, but I think I'm a little higher on his actual tape than most guys because I was really, really impressed with his ability to keep his hips square to the line of scrimmage in his pass set. I mean, I I didn't really see him open up prematurely ever, and part of that is because he is facing those alignments that are closer, so you kind of have to balance that, but I really like the discipline in his hips to not open up that door too too early on guys, and his hand techniques to me, I mean, I've seen some guys that I respect, yeah. you know, say his hands aren't very good, but... I don't know, man. I just didn't see it. I thought his hands were outstanding.
0: (laughs) I I think they're really good. That was one of the things I mentioned as like a positives. And I think they got better in time, too.
1: Yeah, you could see it because I I like to watch tape from the beginning of the season through the end and not really skip around. And I did that with him and I was able to get like, you know, eight or nine tapes in. And it seemed like he got better every week. He was trying new things each week, um, experimenting successfully. So, yeah, I I really liked his hands. That's kind of what bumped him up a little bit to me too. Cause I, I go back to, uh, like Garrett Bowles when I evaluated him mm. very athletic, older, nasty, which, yeah. you know, didn't really fit Dillard, but he, he had that competitive toughness, that athleticism. And that really like boosted him up for me. I gave him a second round grade, which was, you know, in retrospect too high, but I overlooked his lack of technique. And, you know, I haven't made that same mistake really since I learned from that, uh, especially with the way today's NFL is. I mean, offensive and your technique should be at a certain level initially because it's not like you're going to get a ton of technique coaching. Yeah. That kind of gave me some comfort with Dillard because it's like, OK, this guy is pretty well coached, it seems like. And he has an array of hand techniques to utilize here. He's not just out there being an athlete. That That made me a little more comfortable. But play strength, gap scheme that's a concern for sure he's scheme dependent in my opinion you want him in his own scheme um, not that teams are 100% zone or anything but you know uh, san fran minnesota teams like that who are predominant zone it would be ideal so there's a lot to take in with this guy. I mean, you know, there's, <laughs> you have to paint the full picture with Dillard, I think, because there's yeah. a lot of variables here to to play with. So I totally get guys that are a little lower on him for the reason we, reasons we mentioned and maybe a little higher for the reasons we mentioned. I try to find that middle ground and mm. yeah, 25 to 40 would be ideal, but doubtful that's going to happen
0: yeah exactly I think the NFL going to take them a lot higher but uh, you yeah. have a point in there I kind of want to talk about because yeah. fit is so important for these guys oh, yeah. and the coaching they receive in the NFL isn't always like that coach them up style that's why like you know with the Eagles it, it depends on where they go what coach are they landing with that's so important in this process it's something that we don't know right now with the Eagles they have Jeff Stoutland Jeff Stoutland's been coaching offensive linemen in college since you know 1988 when he was uh, the offensive coordinator at, at Southern Connecticut and then Cornell. He was the offensive line coach. Was the offensive line coach all the way up to his move to Alabama till two thousand and twelve. So he has that heavy coaching up type background at the college level where you're developing guys, and I think that's really helped him in his transition to the pros. And if Diller can land with a guy like that, would would you be more comfortable with taking him a little bit higher than than what you think where where you think he should go?
1: Oh yeah, there's there's probably a half dozen, maybe ten. Guys like that, offensive line coaches that you want every offensive line to go to offensive linemen, you know, like Eagles, (laughs) uh, Aaron Cromer in L.A., of course, Munchak, of course, Skarnecchia, Callahan. Mm. Those are guys, yeah, I mean, ideally you want Dillard somewhere like that. And I think I heard that Dillard visited Washington. Maybe I could be wrong. I don't know. But somewhere like that would be ideal. You You want an offensive line coach who has a track record of developing guys and making guys better. And there's there's not a ton of those guys right now, so fit is everything. I mean, unless you have a guy like Jonah Williams who's just polished, then right, you know, even like Juwan Taylor, Cody Ford, Andre Dillard, uh, you know, pretty much everybody else, you you ideally want a guy to go to a situation like that because it could make all the difference in the world because they could, you know, they could gain confidence quicker. And if he goes to a, an offensive line coach who doesn't really have that ability to shore up his technique quickly. Then confidence can get down and development can slow. And then next thing you know, we're three years in and we're still waiting. Yeah, I I really
0: think that's huge. That's a message to general managers around the league. Pay your offensive line coaches. Put put a big investment in there. Makes a ton of difference. Last guy before we get out of here, Brandon, Yadni Kajust from West Virginia. Got some injury concerns in his history. Overall, I'm a fan of his game. I think there are times on, on the negative side where he can get caught lunging on his punch a little bit, get a little overextended, get over his skis. But when he does land his punch, it is absolutely game over. Grip strength is awesome. What are some of the strengths and weaknesses that you saw from his game when you went through his film?
1: Physically, you know, right away, jumps out. I love his frame, his build. He's a big dude. Big. You could just see, like, his arms, good length, really good hand size. I even noticed that on tape. I was like, dang, this dude's got big hands. <laughs> Measuring in at 10, you know, I thought maybe yeah. he'd be a little bigger. But So just physically, his dimensions, I mean, I, I really like the way he looks. I think he's a, pr- a pretty good athlete. But I think he's a little bit stiff, to be honest. I, I don't know if it's his ankles or his hips, but I noticed a lot, a lot, at least in the three games I'm in so far. I'm not report ready on him, but I'm enough, you know, to, to point out strengths and weaknesses. He dips his head a little bit, yeah, and kind of drops his butt backwards, and kind of just drops his head at times. And I don't know if that is from stiffness or it's just a bad technique habit. I don't know. And he plays a little high sometimes, you know, getting to the second level and things like that. Not that it matters a lot because he is once he latches in
0: a guy inside a guy's frame, it's over. His hit rate was better at the second level than I thought it would be when I initially saw like his movement skills.
1: He's done some good things up there. I mean, you know, I love the Texas game before he went out in that game with injury. I was just watching that one. I mean, he put I think the same linebacker. I mean, he just drove that dude around the yard and put him (laughs) on the ground a couple of times which, you know, that's awesome. Uh, his pass set is, is pretty good. I, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to work through it, but I definitely notice he has that kind of pick it up, put it down with that set foot initially where he doesn't mm. gain much ground. He just kind of picks it up, puts it down and kind of pitter-pats a couple steps mm. and then gets into, you know, expanding his set points, which he can, you know, it was effective. But I just think about at the NFL level, when I look at offensive tackles and the way they win and pass protection, specifically their feet, I think you have to gain a little bit more ground initially than he does. Um, I don't doubt that because I've also seen him just initially set at a 45 and gain ground. So he (laughs) kind of mixes it up as need be based on the alignment. I think that's probably what that is. But, you know, so I think his pass set could be refined a little bit. But I love the way he uses his hands aside from being a little over aggressive, like you mentioned. That two-hand strike is vicious. (laughs) He loves throwing two hands, which... I, I love watching it, but um, at the NFL level, I, mean, I think you have to be a little more selective with throwing two hands at a guy because that inside <laughs> hand, um, if you're throwing that and you don't land it, that, in, that inside pathway is open, I'm hoping to see a little bit more variance in his hands. Um, but I do like that he kind of has that strength, that trump card, if you will, um, with that two-hand strike so he can build from that um i really do like that about him
0: did you see the tcu game by any chance where he goes up against lj collier and hits him with a snatch trap because collier was trying to long arm him all game i thought that was a brilliant i I didn't
1: i watched him (laughs) versus tennessee and he used that snatch a couple times
0: (laughs) yeah he's he's vicious with that he likes that
1: yeah i do i do like that uh, to to see that he he had a a initial bad miss in the tennessee game that was the first uh, snatch he threw i think and then after that he had a couple that were successful where he put a guy on the ground Yep. So yeah, I uh I, I like him, man. I I mean, right now I'm thinking, you know, mid day two kind yep. of guy. Um just needs a little bit of refinement development. Definitely a guy. If you're gonna start him year one, you want to have a really solid plan in place for him, um, help incorporated into the offense, into the protection schemes. Ideally, maybe you get him on the field year two. But so yeah, that's kind of how I think of like a mid day two guy. Yeah, man. I mean, I I I like what he can be. He's he's fun to watch so I'm I'm excited to put out a report on him I think he'll be the next guy I do so i just got nice. to get through the tape
0: really looking forward to that that's somebody that the I, i've linked to the eagles at 53 57 as a possibility if they were looking to that would be perfect yeah upgrade <laughs> their tackle position long term get gift jeff stoutland another uh toy to play with there while he develops the uh incredible jordan Milata, which will be some interesting development to see that'll be his opus if he's able to turn my into a starter after zero football experience but brandon Enough of me rambling, man. It was really good to have you on. Remind the gentle listeners one more time where they can find you and where they can find all of your work.
1: Yeah, so on Twitter, at Brandon Thorne NFL, or you could subscribe to my uh, podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that, uh, the Trench Warfare podcast, where we talk about offensive and defensive line and uh, USA football and the Scouting Academy.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Brandon. Yeah,
1: appreciate it.